Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I was backing up the photos of my phone today, and I found some which I took on the day of the incident. I gave it some thought and decided why not share it on here, being anonymous and all that. Maybe this can even serve as a PSA of sorts, to always trust your gut feeling. Last year, I was living by myself at the time, before my partner and I moved in together. For some background, my partner used to work very hectic shifts. Sometimes he finishes at 5 p.m., sometimes 6, sometimes 9, and he would let me know if he'd be dropping by that day, though he usually wouldn't give me the exact time, but at least I knew he'd be coming by. It was around 8 p.m. and I was upstairs in the bedroom, working on an embroidery project. I had my AirPods in, so I wasn't too aware of what was going on around me. I remember feeling the bed rattle, since my bedroom was right above the front door. So whenever someone closed the door, seeing that it was very old and heavy, it always rattled my bed frame. This would usually indicate that my partner had arrived. I didn't immediately go downstairs to greet him as I really wanted to finish the piece I was working on. It was about five minutes before I took out my AirPods, and I proceeded to make my way out of my bedroom and onto the stair landing. I was about to call out for him when I realized that he didn't leave his work jacket or work boots in the entryway. He knew full well that I didn't like shoes, especially work boots, all over my carpeted floors. I assumed I must have imagined feeling the bed shake. I went back into my bedroom and was about to put my AirPods back in when I distinctively heard a big crash coming from downstairs. It sounded like something very heavy was dropped. I freaked out and called my boyfriend's name down from my bedroom's doorway and I got no reply. But I sure as hell started hearing heavy footsteps pacing towards the entryway. My gut feeling was that something here was very wrong. I turned and grabbed my phone from the bed and I bolted it to the bathroom, which was the only room in the house with a lock. I called the police as I started hearing those same heavy footsteps make their way up the stairs. I've never, ever been scared of those creaking sounds coming from the stairs, but it was different then. At the time, it felt as if it was the scariest sound I ever heard in my life. As I was on the phone with the police, the only thing I could tell the lady on the phone was my address over and over again. I was more focused on how I was going to get out of there. I wasn't going to wait and see what would happen or who this person was. So I flung open the small bathroom window and feet first, 
slid down into the lower roof. My adrenaline was so high. I had to momentarily put my phone into my bra as I had no pockets and needed both of my hands. I just remember the police dispatcher keep asking me over and over if I'm okay and what was happening. I didn't even have time to tell her what I was doing. I felt as though my body had just gone on autopilot. Once on the bottom roof, I lowered myself again, now onto the pavement as I fell right onto my knees. I got right up and bolted it down the street. It was completely dark, with it being mid-October. The dispatcher was still on the phone when I finally got on it again, and I told her, whilst running, that there was someone in my home and how I just jumped out of the window to get away. I ran for what felt like forever, until the lady on the phone said to focus on finding a shop where I could get into and wait for the police. I remembered my boyfriend and told the lady that I needed to call him. I made it to a Tesco Express by then, and though she wanted to keep me on the phone, I said I needed to make sure that my partner didn't go into my home and potentially risk running into the other person. I got in contact with my partner, who had just finished work, it was around 9pm by then, and was driving to my house. I told him what happened, and he instead started heading towards the shop I was outside of. I felt such a relief when he got there. I remember taking a picture of my scratched up knees when I got into the car. For some reason, I got fixated on them. My partner called the police back for me as the shock started setting in then, and he let them know that he was with me. It took some time before the police finally arrived at my home. I was told that my front door was left wide open, and in the living room, the side table had been knocked over. My home wasn't ransacked, but it did look as though someone booked it out of there relatively quickly. Upstairs, my bathroom door was kicked in so hard that the doorframe itself was indented in, though nothing was stolen. Once they looked over the place, I was called and told I could return. A call-out ambulance crew was called, and they looked me over. They sorted out my knees and did some sort of assessment to see if I was okay, mentally. Told me to go and see my GP the next morning about my knees. Reports and statements were written up, and I stayed with my boyfriend for two weeks after that. I had to hire someone to fix my doorframe along with having a security system installed as I don't think I'd be able to return without it. They never found out who this man was. My neighbors had cameras and all we ever figured out about this person was that he was a man who just walked right into my home like it was his. Zero hesitation. My front door was unlocked as I was expecting my partner to arrive soon. I live in a very safe village and leaving the door unlocked was a common occurrence, though I've never left it unlocked since. I still live here with my partner and two dogs now. 
the man has never came back, though we have quite obvious cameras around the property, along with visible security company signage. This was easily the most terrifying experience I've ever had in my life. So hard to describe or tell to people. It's like I wasn't in control of my own body when this was happening. My body was on autopilot, and all I knew was that I needed to get out of there. I ghost hunt at Mansfield Reformatory in Ohio a lot. And in fall of 2019, I had discovered someone lingering in the East Showers. No one had known about him, so I kept him a secret for a bit. And we got real close, and I learned some things about him. And he's visited me at home. Mind you, I use a pendulum to speak to him. Months later on another hunt, we discovered that he was being abused and was very badly hurt. He was hiding in a corner scared for his life. So my father helped him out and escorted him to the hospital to get checked out. We went up a couple of hours later and he felt safe there, so we encouraged him to stay. After this happened, that's when I started to tell people about his existence and inform them of what had happened to him. When I first met him, I had found out that he didn't know he was dead. I felt like it wasn't my place to tell him, and if it ever did become my place to tell, I knew that it was too soon. June 2020 rolled around, and I invited some friends along with my dad to help me speak to him because I knew there was something that had to be talked about. Up in the hospital, another spirit had been harassing him and telling him what to do and he couldn't escape it. My dad was helping him understand that he doesn't have to listen to this guy, especially because he has no superiority over him. He was basically just a guy just trolling him. My dad started slowly easing into it asking him how it's possible that he hasn't ate in a while, explaining to him that he's able to go through walls and leave rooms whenever he wants, telling him that he can leave whenever this troll is harassing him. My anxiety and intuition started to raise, but the anxiety wasn't my own. I knew that straight away something was telling me that he was nervous about what my dad was saying to him. I ended up taking over and explaining how we're all dressed differently, how we're all wearing masks because of a pandemic, because it's 2020 and not the 1890s. I said, do you know where I'm getting at? And my pendulum responded with, yes. And right after that, I could feel tears coming. And I said, I can't do it. I couldn't tell him that he was dead, but he already knew. Started crying really hard and I felt a huge pain in my chest. The kind of pain you feel when you've just been told that a loved one had died. I knew I wasn't crying. 
was him crying. I've never felt another's emotions before. The pain I felt, I knew was his. And so did everyone else who witnessed that. Frandu took an audio recording of the session, told me she heard a male voice say, Dead, after I asked if he knew where I was getting at. And when she played it for me, I heard it too, and we knew it was him. I cried for a good couple of minutes and and was telling my dad how heartbroken he was to hear that. It was very hard for the both of us, but eventually he grew to accept it. Ever since then, I've become sensitive and sometimes feel the emotions of spirits I speak to. Sometimes it's strong and sometimes it's not there. It was one hell of an experience, but I love him to death. I hope I never lose him. That's how close we've become. I was told we have a special connection. I don't doubt it because I feel it. Anyways, thanks for listening to my experience. I've been wanting to share it somewhere. I grew up in a haunted house. My memories of the years I lived in a haunted house aged 8 to 18. It's a little long, but buckle up if you want to hear an actual account of actually living in one and not the Hollywood version. Me and my parents still talk about this, but I'm 30 and engaged now in my own home. And my parents moved soon after I moved out. I guess I just wanted to get it out there because it's all true. And I've tried to explain it to so many people who just don't believe it. I thought maybe this community would hear me. The lady that sold my parents this house warned us of weird things going on. But my Christian parents ignored it and felt we would be fine. At that time, I think they thought it was all bullshit to be honest. It was a fixer-upper, but definitely a great house with lots more space than our first. Anyway, as the weeks went by, things got a bit weirder. I quickly learned when playing in the street, this was the 90s, that children in my neighborhood thought my house was haunted. And to be fair, it being old, tall Victorian house with a rickety old, grown gothic pathway was pretty damn creepy to a kid. There were many horrible stories about things that happened inside. Kids wouldn't want to come around and play at my house due to this, and I earned the stigma of being the new girl that lives in the haunted house at school. The house was three stories high with banisters running the entire way up. And out of nowhere, things started dropping from the top of the house to the lower landing through this banister gap. Proper poltergeist shit. Ornaments, vases, dog toys that were never upstairs. Our dogs wouldn't go up to the top of the house by the attic. All they would do is bark and whimper at the landing. And I was also absolutely terrified of the entire top floor. I was an only child and I wouldn't go upstairs when home alone. Because it frightened me so damn much. And all I can describe it as... So as soon as the light wasn't on upstairs, I could feel a presence there with me, an angry 
bitter cold feeling like a shadow behind me, getting bigger and bigger. I sprint as fast as I could downstairs and strangely even now, more than a decade on, I still have bad dreams about my legs slowing down on the final staircase, like I'm running through water and something is chasing me. So anyway, the weird stuff continued. I started knocking on a wall one evening, playing as a kid, and to my delight, it would respond to me, knocking back, responding, and copying my exact pattern. My mom started absolutely freaking out at this when I showed her, running outside to see who the hell was knocking back at her kid at night, to find just a brick wall and air. No one was on the other side. On Halloween, we all heard a scream from the attic, only to brave checking it out to find that it was totally vacant and fine. By this point, my parents were spooked. Being religious and all, they brought a priest in who informed them that the upstairs was very negative spiritually, and they should remodel the entirety of it to try and get the spirit out. He told them to gut the attic, bless the area, and ask the spirit to leave. So, they began to remodel the attic into a bedroom slash bathroom, and the spirit did not like this. At one point, my father claims his leg was pulled through the floor, and sure enough, his leg went through the floor into the downstairs bathroom ceiling Later, when we had a guest in a separate part of the house, all of a sudden, part of the ceiling fell on his head for absolutely no reason. The builder said that it was a complete fluke and didn't make sense. On the last night of converting the attic, I had the worst dream of my life, which I will never forget. My bedroom had two doors and both were heavy on hinges like you couldn't open them without pushing down on the handle. So, in this dream, I was watching a man and a woman argue. The woman was wearing Victorian clothes, and the man was in a gentleman's suit. They were arguing back and forth and I couldn't make out their words clearly, as if I was listening underwater. She suddenly looked at me, straight in the eyes and started screaming and pointing to the floor. Now, this is a trigger warning because this was a terrifying thing to see as a kid in a dream and it was unlike anything I ever seen in a film or TV show at that age. On the floor was a dead baby face down. I woke up hyperventilating in my bed thinking it was all over when I looked down at my own bedroom floor to see the same dead baby, but it was crying and contorting. The woman slammed open the bathroom door, the one on hinges, and ran across my room and out the other door. Both my doors were literally swinging, which was physically impossible, without someone standing and doing it. And all I could hear was screams and cries. I screamed and woke up again to my mom shouting for me to wake up, saying that she could hear all the racket of slamming doors upstairs. But when she checked, 
I was tucked up in bed, just tossing and turning. I told her my dream, and she told me to come sleep with her. Years later, when I was old enough, she admitted to me that she did research on the house after the priest came to visit and found information that a maid had been pregnant by the housemaster and forced to kill or abort the baby in the attic. My mom, being spiritual but also Christian, said that she tried to make peace with this spirit after learning this. It's just a sprinkling of the crazy things that happened over the years in that house. But I bet you're wondering if the conversation worked. Well, interestingly, it did for us. We all were able to sleep very happily in the new guest room, and no more poltergeist stuff went on. There was still an eerie energy in the loft conversation, but not a threat. Kinda never felt like it was our home, but I'm not sure if old houses ever do. I will say that the dog stood firm and hated the upstairs the entire time we lived there. They never accepted it and would still bark. So nothing really weird happened until years later when I was 17 and I got a new boyfriend who was awful and abusive at the end. We were staying in the converted bedroom upstairs while I was home from university. I never had told him any stories of the house as we were very new to dating. Anyway, we went to bed and watched a movie and fell asleep and I woke up to him screaming saying that a Victorian woman was standing over me watching me sleep and told him very aggressively that he needs to leave. I kind of don't mind that. She had pretty good judgment on him. So, yeah, there it is. I didn't believe in ghosts until I lived with one for 10 years. I work with one other person closely throughout most work days. Today we get to work early as we knew we had to get a lot of stuff done before the snow hit. I work at a burial vault manufacturer and we deliver and set up funerals graveside if the customer wishes. Well, on this morning I walk to the back and turn on the lights to each section of the shop and on the very last switch I turn it on and see an older gentleman facing away from me, leaning against the back wall facing the back of the shop. It startled me, and I turned around to tell my coworker that there is someone in the shop. My coworker kind of laughs as I tell him, and he says, Oh, so you saw him, did you? Apparently, it's the owner's father who has strong ties to the workplace has been dead for 10 years. There's been three recorded sightings of him, and mine was the fourth. I'm fairly new there, so this completely caught me off guard. I felt like I was dreaming. I had to sit in the bathroom for 10 minutes to calm down. I literally saw someone back there and then disappear. 
I've always thought ghosts and spirits were bullshit, but this completely turned me sideways. I see life in a whole new way. I can't stop thinking about him though. Those blue overalls and white hair with the cap on. Clear as day right there, and it was a ghost. My coworker telling me that he saw him too has turned me into a believer because I know I'm not losing my mind. I'm a security guard for an alarm response company. We answer alarms for businesses and private residences and 99% of the time it's a motion detector set off by a cat or perhaps a restaurant forgot to disarm their stuff before the stock truck arrived to unload. In this case, I was called out to a house where the back door alarm was set off. Like it thought someone opened it. The owner was out of town, but she was alerted by her app and had her mother meet me there. We checked the door and it's locked. We figure maybe someone tried the door, but it didn't budge, setting off the alarm. But there's a light on inside. The mom mentions this to the daughter on the phone, and the daughter says that she isn't sure if she left the light on or not. It's a good idea to make people think that someone's home, but she just isn't sure. That gave me a bad tingle. The mother wanted to go inside to check. However, she didn't have a spare key. The neighbor did, but they were asleep and the mom didn't want to wake them. So, I fill out my papers and go back to my normal patrol routines. And an hour later, the same home sends an alert out. I'm the only one in my city zone, so I answer it again. This time, when I pull up, police and CSI are there talking to the mother and the now awake neighbor. They are reviewing video footage sent to them by the daughter. I look at the footage. In the footage, there's four armed men wearing masks and hoodies came out of the bathroom a minute after the mother and I left. They proceeded to rob the place. They had broken in and locked the door behind them for appearances. They're the ones who turned on the light. The mother told me that the three guys had robbed their daughter's house a month before. Somehow, they knew when this girl would be out of town. They appeared smart, desiring a quiet robbery without conflict, but they brought guns, so they were prepared to shoot their way out of trouble if need be. The mother had wanted to go in, and if she'd had a key, awoken the neighbor for the key, we would have likely have been shot dead by these guys when we went inside. Work doesn't give me Kevlar vest or anything. If I ever get another house call and someone is there, I am not going inside no matter what is asked of me. I count myself fortunate the way I was blocked this time because I was prepared to foolishly go in and check if I could. The 1% of calls where something is actually off. It has never been as bad as this one. To the armed robbers, let's not meet.
There was a house in my area that burned down several years ago, when I was still a kid and living in my old house. There are no reported deaths, but I beg to defer. When I was around 12 years old and whilst the house was still relatively fresh from the fire, me and a friend decided to go inside and explore it for whatever reason. There was an unlocked window which we climbed through, and although my memory is a bit hazy, I do remember the staircase being black and ashen, the walls and ceiling ripping apart. I also remember walking into a room, which looked like a child's room. There was a framed picture of two girls, some family photos and whatnot, and me and my friend left soon after. The house got remodeled and, frankly, I forgot about it. Cue a few years later and me and my family moved from our old, small house into a new, two-story house in our area that we still live in to this day. And you guessed it, it's that same house that burnt down. Now, things were fine for a few years. I didn't experience anything weird. That, however, changed around two years ago, when I began seeing and hearing things, mainly in my room and occasionally around the house as well. It started off with voices, especially when I would be going to sleep. I have no history of any mental health issues, so this was a new occurrence for me. I'd be laying on my side, trying to go to sleep, I would hear a woman's voice singing into my ear. She would sing and whisper unintelligible things, sometimes speak to me, but I could never make out anything she was trying to say. It was the most surreal thing ever because it would be as though she was right next to me or above me, but every time I turned around to see who's there, nobody would be there. This then escalated to hearing voices of two girls. It wouldn't be in my ear as before, and rather, around the entire room. They would sing kid songs and rhymes, etc. I then began hearing constant knocking on my door, and the floor creaking in my room as though someone was walking around. I even called out a few times to see if anyone was there. I'd ask my sister if she was at my door, she'd always say no. This went on for a while before I actually began to see her. Not the kids, but the woman. I'd see her all of the time, and they'd always be split-second glances, and she would disappear. She would be in the creepiest places and positions, too. A lot of the time, I'd see her in the corners of the ceiling in my room, right above my bed on all fours and clutching to the ceiling. I saw her like this as I walked past my sister's room as well. I'd see her walking down the stairs, head down, hand on the rail. Sometimes she would stand in my room and just look at me. Again, I would only ever see her for a second at most, but it's so vivid in my memory. The weird thing is, She has never scared me. Sure, the knocking and voices freaked me out at first, but when I began actually seeing her, there was no fear at all. It was quite calming, actually. I'd try to talk to her sometimes, too, and 
she'd obviously never responded. Nowadays, I haven't seen her much, and the kids' chants had gone, but I still occasionally hear them whispering or humming into my ear when I'm about to sleep. I moved rooms as well, so maybe that's why. Sometimes I do end up sleeping in my old room, and those are the nights where I hear her the most. My cat, however, still stares at the door, the ceiling, and an empty spot in my room. Sometimes she hisses. Sometimes she just meows. I've told my mom this experience and my sister. Both haven't seen her or heard her specifically, but they both believe me and think that there is something wrong with the house. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.